Thanks again for coming to the Recovery House of Worship. Today we're talking about money. Ah! So let's do it. We've been in this series and we've been talking about money and we've been talking about how to manage your money, deal with your money. This, I've said this a hundred times. You've got to say it every time. This is not a message of what I want for, from you. This is a message of what I want for you. I wish I could convince you of that. I wish I could. I wish I could. But um, my prayer is that you would know that, that this is for your good. So what we started is a couple of weeks to sort of set us up to help us to understand how to manage our money. One of the things that, some of the talks that we never had that would have benefited us a lot when we were growing up is if our parents would have talked to us about sex and if our parents would have talked to us about money in a way that glorified God. Because some of our greatest regrets and some of our deepest problems stem from sex or money, doing either one the wrong way. And so I love you. And so it would be pastoral malpractice if I didn't talk about this because, you know, society has a hang-up. So you know, I'm not here for your money. I've, you know, I, I, have to, I have to give my qualifications every time because there's somebody who's always here who's new. Oh, Pastor, just want to. Here's the truth, man. I worked here for the first three years for free as a volunteer. I, I did double duty. I worked a full-time job, paid for a, a, a men's home, and served the church. In the first few years, I outgave everyone, not everyone like individually, I outgave everyone collectively. I gave all of my money and all of my finances. I eventually got into about $50,000 worth of debt trying to serve this church. I'm not here for your money. You could take your money. You could do whatever you want with your money. I'm here for your good. And so... I don't know what that means to you, but I'm just trying to let you know that I'm not here to try to take your stuff. What I am here to talk to you today is about generosity, about premeditated, clear generosity. In other words, I'm not talking today about generosity by mistake. You know what generosity by mistake looks like? Walking down the street, a guy goes, man, can I have some some money to get something to eat. You feel your heart, but you go, uh, I don't want to give him any money. He might use. I don't want him to OD on my money. So I, I'll go into the store, buy you a bagel and, you know, coffee or, you know, McDonald's and get you a meal or the halal truck or whatever you do, right? And then you give it to that person and you feel wonderful about that. And you go, oh my gosh, generosity is beautiful. That's, that's giving by mistake. What I'm talking to you today about is giving on purpose. Premeditated, that means this is an already thought about thing. This is something that I'm already going to do. I've thought about it. Premeditated generosity. Pre, actually, let's, let's put another word in there. Premeditated percentage generosity. If I could think of another P, I would give it to you, but I can't. I'm Baptist, but not that much Baptist, right? So here we go. So what we're going to do today, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to give you some principles about generosity, and then I'm going to give you an example of generosity in the scriptures. Usually I'll give you the scriptures, and then I'll draw the principles out from them. I'm going to do it the opposite way today, because I just want you to get this information down. If you have your notes, I mean, if you have your bulletin, open them up. If you open up your bulletin, there's going to be a place where you could take notes. You're going to want this. Um, 
I was talking to my daughter just before I got up here. And she said, oh, pa, um, are you talking about money today? I was like, yeah. She was like, <sighs> I was like, yeah, I know. Listen, when you're 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old, 20 years old, and you're still living at home, this is not like a big deal. But let me tell you something. Some of the biggest fights you'll ever get into your life, some of the worst arguments, some of the greatest stresses, some of the times where you feel like you want to off your own life will be connected to money. So I love you, so I want to teach you about it. Okay, now, quickly just to remind you, last week we said, first thing you got to do, before we, we talk about this, we got to, guys, we, gotta, we just got to look at the land, and we got to get a handle on our finances. So we said, man, write down, what do you owe? I know how much I owe, what do you owe? I know how much I'm in debt, what are your, what are your debts? Just write them out. Find out. Don't go like, I think I have, I think I owe, I think I... Don't do that. Write it down. Secondly, we said, as if you want to find out where, you get, where your money's going, you could give yourself anywhere between a 100 and a, depending how much money you make, you can get, if you make the average amount of money that we do in this uh, church, you can get anywhere between $100 and $300 raise, a $100 to $300 raise every month. Would you like that? Okay, here's what you do. Get a little 50-cent notepad, you know, the kinds that you would write your homework in when you were a kid, the little flip notepads. Get that and just write down today's date and whatever you spend, 50 cents for coffee or $4.50 for a coffee. Madness. And, um, you know, um, whatever you do, just write down whatever you, you know, a quarter falls into the train tracks, you write quarter fell into the train tracks. Whatever you do. You, put, you spent a dollar on a chocolate bar, write down, dollar for chocolate bar. Someone, uh, my spiritual daughter, gave me this unbelievable app that can do this electronically. It's an app. It's uh, uh, iPhone or Android. It's wonderful. And um, I can't remember the name of it. Every dollar. This is what it's like. Now watch this. What it does is it literally, let's look at the other ones. What it does is it, it tells you how much you're spending for food, fuel, gas, housing, personal savings, and all that other stuff. Hey, look, your housing needs are 62%. Hey, you're only spending this much. Your savings are only this much. It tracks every penny you make, and it tells you when you're living a lifestyle that's simply unsustainable. Isn't that helpful? It's completely for free. You can download that later, okay? (laughs) All right, so it's awesome. But I want that for you. Why? Because it's very helpful to you. It's very helpful. I'm not making any money. Good night. Nobody is. It's free. But the point is, the point is, is that that will get you from, I think so, um, I imagine, uh, I'm not sure about my money, to, no, no, no. I spend, you know, I spend $180 on Pepsi a month. You know, I spend, you know, $192 on chocolates and junk food. Well, when you start finding stuff like that, I spend, you know, uh, whatever, $220 on coffee a month. Well, when you discover that, you could give yourself a raise. You could say, you know what? I'm going to buy the premium coffee, the best coffee you could buy. I'm going to buy it for $32, and it was all so expensive before, but I'm saving myself like $150 by buying this $32 coffee, and then I'll make it at home. I'll buy myself a nice little $10 um, 
heated mug and all that other stuff, and you just saved yourself like $150. What's the point? The point is you can make better decisions about your money when you can see it clearly. Does this make sense? Okay. So today we're talking about tithing. Now here's the deal about tithing. When we talk about tithing, we have to find out, well, what is tithing? What's generosity? What are we talking about? Well, tithing is simply in um, a biblical word for 10%. We're giving 10%. And um, the Bible speaks about tithing being like, yo, this is a great place to start. This is not the end all. I'm not just a tither. I like to give a little bit, not a little bit. I like to give above and beyond my tithe. I believe in what God is doing in this community. I love what God, I get to see it firsthand. I get to see people go to detox. I get to see them go to rehabs, three-quarter houses. I get to see people get fed. I get to see, I see it all day long. So I love being generous to our church. What I want is for you to know that joy. Because if we talk about statistics, basically speaking, when we talk about tithing in this church, less than 2 out of 10, less than 20 out of 100. Think about that. Give anything at all. I mean, anything at all. And so these small group of, this small group of people is keeping this ministry. So what usually happens when I give a talk like this those who are already generous, they double down. They go, yo, I love this ministry. We're going to give more. And I just want to say, you don't have to do that. <laughs> You're being, I mean, grow in your generosity and be, yeah, I love that. But you, I'm not talking to you. I, I want to talk to the, I want to talk to the over 80% of us who are giving not a red cent to what God is doing. And I'm not going to make you feel guilty about it. I'm going to try not to. I'm just saying you're missing out. I'm, in, I'm just saying you're missing out. Is this okay? All right. Okay. So here's, here's a couple of myths that I'm going to give you that you could write down. It'll be really helpful to you. First one, or it's not really a myth. These are, these are principles. I know it says myths about money, but these are principles um, about money. Um, giving is the lifeblood of a believer. Write that down. Giving is the lifeblood of a believer. Giving is the lifeblood of a believer. In other words, we're saved by Christ. Every one of us have needed the generosity of Jesus. So generosity is part and parcel of who we are. Giving, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to do these quick. So giving is the lifeblood of the believer. Secondly, a steward is a manager. Here's some information. When the Bible talks about us and money, it talks about, about us as being stewards of money, not owners of money. Does this make sense? In other words, that you and I are not, are not, we, we walk around thinking, this, this right here, this is mine. This is mine. This belongs to me. This is, you know, I work hard for this. I, it's, it's all mine. Right? Let me tell you something. This is not yours. And good news, it's not ours either. Like, don't think, you know, it doesn't belong. It belongs to Jesus. And so you behave differently when you understand that you're managing rather than owning. Right? And so we're stewards. We're not owners. We're managers. This is a very important distinction that we have to make if we're going to grow in Christ. Because 
if we're in fact managers, then being generous is not something that should be particularly difficult. Does anybody have a set of car keys that they can give me right now? A set of car keys. A set of car keys. I want a nice set of, yeah, throw them up here. Vicky, come up. Okay, thanks so much. All right, perfectly. Okay, so I got this awesome. I love these car keys, they're so cool. All right, all right, come on up, run up. Okay, so now imagine, right? Vicky's my friend. She comes. Oh, all right, I got both of them. Woohoo, this is nice. All right, now come up, Vicky. Um, yeah, so all right, so I got two really cool cars, right? So Vicky drives me. Thank you, Vicky. Vicky drives me to the airport. I got to go to the airport and I go, Vicky, listen, I got these two cars, right? I need you to take care of these two cars. I need you to take care of them because I'm going to be away, be, around, be out for a month. Just uh, do whatever you like with them. Just, you know, pick me up when I get back from the airport, all right, when I get back from my trip. She goes, okay. So okay. She, takes, she takes the keys. Then I come back, and I'm, you know, I'm away from my trip. She comes and picks me up, and she goes, she comes to me. Imagine if Vicky did this, right? She goes like this, oh, my gosh. Edwin, <laughs> I've been praying and talking to Jesus. And he told me, wait, wait, give me a minute. <laughs> he told me to give you a car. And I go, this is my car. And you got my other one. I, go, I know, he told me you should have one. <laughs> me and Vicky would be fighting, right? Why? 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 Why is that? Why is that preposterous? Because it all belongs to me anyway. All right, hold on for a second. We're teaching something here. Everything you have belongs to God. You're a manager. When, you're, when God lets you keep 90% and says, just return to me my 10%, because I don't want money to have a grip on you. Money is a wonderful slave. It's a horrible master. And I don't want the grip of greed to grab a hold of your heart. 10%. You're a steward. You're a manager. You're not an owner. Thank you, Vicky. That was wonderful. Yes, of course. There you go. Maybe. I don't know. Thanks for your keys. Fantastic. All right. We are stewards. We're managers. Thirdly, a tithe is 10% of your income for the local church. A tithe is 10% of your income for the local church. Now, this is a very important sentence. So I'm going to give you, and again, we're going to illustrate this within the scriptures in just a minute, but I want you to see this. A tithe is 10% of your income for the local church. What that means is the 10% that God, and again, we're, I, listen, don't get caught up on the 10% because and then you never grow. Just start there and then grow from there. That's the way I do it. That's the way the leaders here do it. Start there and then grow from there. A tithe is 10%. So if you, make, if you make $10 a week, what's the tithe? Anybody know? It's $1, right? Now let me ask you something. If you make $10 throughout the week, it's $1, Which one of those is the tithe? Anybody know? It's $1, right? Right. Now, here's what we do. What, usually when people, I talk to them about this, they say, no, I can't do it. Why? 
because they go $1, is all accounted for. I said, oh, well, I understand. You flipped it upside down. You made the mistake. You made the key mistake with your finances. You're, what you've done in managing, you're a poor manager when we do it that way. God says, dollar one. Dollar one is the tithe. Dollar one is the first dollar. When uh, my wife and I, when we, we still write checks, no, we don't. No, I think we do, auto, do we do automatic or do we still write checks for the tithe? It's automatic? Checks. Okay, so we did, um, we did checks. We were doing automatic for a while, but and then we went back to checks. It just, it's worshipful for us to be able to write it out instead of be, but feel free, we can do it. You can do it automatically if that's what you want. You can go on our website and that's easy for you. Um, and that's fine. So here's what happens. The first check at our house is the tithe. It's the first check. It's not the one that I give. Now, I'm going to be generous to other organizations, and that's fine. I'm going to be generous to other people, and that's fine too. But the first one isn't. Now, if this is not your local church, say, for instance, you're visiting from out of town, or this is not it, or you, know, you don't have one, cool beans, man. Give it to your local church. Don't give it here. But here's what I'm saying. If this is your family, if this is your home, this is where we start. Dollar one. Dollar one. But you go, oh, but those nice sneakers. I know. I know. Oh, but the, you know, my car. I know. Oh, but, you know, you know, we have all these excuses. I'm begging you, man. I'm listening. I want you to be blessed. I want you to, I want you to do money God's way. Dollar one. That's the one that goes. If you make $1,000, a, give $100. You make $10,000, give $1,000. I remember um, there's a story, and this it's, it's, it's is only a cool story in pastoral circles, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. Um, so, the, the, right, there's a story about a guy who goes up to his pastor and says, Pastor, well, you know, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. I, you know how much? If I gave, my tithe would be six figures. I can't give that much. And, of course, the pastor lovingly goes around and, you know, puts his arm around him and says, let's pray. He says, God, would you reduce this man's income to the point where he feels comfortable about tithing? So, I love that story, right? Nobody else likes that story, right? It's like a, Because it's preposterous, isn't it? It's preposterous. If God has been super generous to you, right? And, and so you know, God is super generous. You go, I can't afford to give. Beloved, you can't afford not to. You can't afford not to. I could tell you story after story after story after story. Tithing has, I, I, can, t- I can be a witness of God's faithfulness, even in my being generous. Listen to me. And you're speaking to a pastor who's been homeless twice. Tithing never stopped. You're speaking to a pastor who couldn't afford his insurance on his car. I gave up the car. I'd rather not drive than uh, not be generous. It's just an outflow of all that God has done for me. So you think you have tough times? I got tough times too. It's all right. God is generous to me. And if there's anybody that I'm going to cheat, it's not going to be God. Tithe is 10% of your income for the local church. Uh, fourthly, giving makes us more like Jesus. Write that down. Give us, gives us, giving makes us more like Jesus. We're going to talk about that in the text. I'm going to really hammer that. Um, I'm going to hammer all these, but I'm going to try to really hammer that one. So we'll talk about that more later. Just write that down. Give us, giving makes us more like Jesus. Giving is a reminder. Next. Giving is a reminder of ownership. We just talked about that. God is the owner, not us. Giving is a form of praise and worship. 
Giving is a form of praise and worship. Did you get that, right? So giving makes us more like Jesus. Giving is a reminder of, of ownership. Uh, giving is a form of praise and worship. Then lastly, giving is spiritual warfare. What I mean by this is that the number one heavyweight contender for your heart against Jesus will be your stuff. It will be your stuff. If you don't believe me, get you into some debt and then have a choice to be generous towards God or be stingy. It's spiritual warfare. It is spiritual warfare. Especially those of us who are serious minded about doing God, who are seriously minded about doing God's will. If you're seriously minded about doing God's will, I encourage you, man. I encourage you to do what we talked about last week, you know, uh, finding out how much money you owe, making a list of everything that you spend, making a budget. This stuff is hugely important. Because when God calls and when God says, could you imagine, right, God who's given you everything, and God comes up to you and says, hey, Ed, um, there's Susie over there. I want you to give her, I want you to pay her phone bill. She can't afford her phone bill this month. I want you to pay for it. And then I go, nah, you don't understand. I just got that car, and I need to make the car note. And it's just nuts. But that's what we do all the time. And then we go, well, I don't know if that was God. (laughs) I can assure you it wasn't Satan, right? And I can assure you it's not you, right? And if God is leading us to be generous, man, let's be generous, please. Let's be generous. Okay. So. There's an incredible passage on generosity in the book of 2 Corinthians that I'm just going to read to you. Um, And for the sake of, no, no, you know what? Let's go ahead and stand at the reading of God's word. And so this section of the 2 Corinthians, this section is, and I'm not even kidding, it's a fundraising letter. This is a fundraising section in the Bible. You go, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was in there. I know. I'm trying to help you. This is a fundraising. So the scriptures have no problem talking about this. So I want, I want you to see this. And now, brothers, and by the way, the person who's speaking to here is Paul. Paul is an apostle. He's a sent one by God. And he's talking to these people about being generous. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also in, uh, to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, speech, knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, See to it that you also excel in this grace of giving. We're going to read verses 8 and 9 together, okay? Can you read it, verses 8 and 9 together? Here we go. You ready? One, two, three. I am not commanding you, 
but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you... Stop right there. It's awesome. Now have a seat. This is going to be good. Okay. So you got those principles that we were talking about? This is what's happening behind the screen. This is your motivation for being generous. It's not because the pastor's telling you or because this or that. It's because it's an outflow of the gospel. If, listen to me, if you're here, and the reason I wanted to give these principles is because I wanted you to see this text and I wanted you to shock you a little bit. If you're here and you're just like, oh, pastor, this is ridiculous. When is this going to be over? When is this? I want you to know that you don't have a problem with me. You have a problem with the gospel. You have a problem with Jesus. He says this, and now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace of God that God has given the Macedonian churches. What he's doing is he's saying, look at what God did in these churches. Look. He's giving them an example. In the midst of very severe trial, and this is one of my favorite verses in this text. In the, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Is that, can you even imagine that coming together? Their overflowing, their severe trial, overflowing joy, extreme poverty, welled up in rich generosity. Usually, you go, extreme suffering, poverty, oh, they can't give. And I know some of you are here are thinking, oh, well, I can't give. I live on a fixed income. I, I can't do it. It's not true. It's not true. Listen to me. I literally remember when we first started this church, I was blown, just my mind was blown. This really got deeper in my heart. There was a young lady whose uh, boyfriend, she was living with a guy or being promiscuous or whatever. She had a kid. He left and was a total mess up and just left her the way he was, she was. And I literally remember There was this one guy in our church who was making, at the time, and this is like 15, 16 years ago, there was one guy who was making six figures. And this, this precious girl who just had a baby, whose man just left her, who had no idea what her future looked like, she outgave the guy with six figures. I remember looking at that. I forgot who brought it up to me because I, you know, I didn't do the finances, but someone brought it up and said, this is an incredible contrast. The treasurer, probably my wife was the treasurer at the time. And she, um, and she brought it up to me, maybe. And I remember looking at that, and I go, this is not an income issue. It's a heart issue. It just really is. And, and you go, but you don't understand. I have a fixed income. I don't have enough money. I, ju I just, so my, my thing is, if it's, it's that bad with your income, get God's help with your income. Why would you want to continue going forward without God's help? Yeah, but I can't afford to do it. Beloved, listen, listen. When do you want God's help with your income? Would you like it after you get out of debt or before you get out of debt? Well, sure you want it before you get out of debt. We all do. And so start doing it God's way. He's telling you how to do it. Start doing it God's way. In their extreme poverty, severe trial welled up in Abundant generosity, overflowing 
generosity. For I testify, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Did you hear that? It's an incredible, an incredible testimony from this Macedonian church. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and this is the secret, first of all to the Lord, then by the will of God also to us. And here it is, folks. That's why I said you have a problem with um, generosity and not a problem with my sermon or not a problem with me. You have a problem with the gospel. Here it is. When we meditate on what was given to us makes us want to be generous to others. It makes us want to obey God's word. When we think through what was... See, God did not tithe his son. God did not just give 10% of his son. God gave 100% of his son to you and to me. God gave him all. And he came willingly. And this incredible God of the universe came and gave his life for you and for me. See, that's why Christians are generous. Because they've already been generous towards by God. If you jump down to verse 8, look at verse 8. This is, I am not commanding you. This is why Paul says this. I'm not commanding you. But I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. I want to compare the sincerity of your love to the earnestness of the Macedonian church. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet, he, yet for your sake... He became poor, so that through his poverty, you might become rich. See, if you're not enjoying this wonderful gift that God is giving us, the opportunity to be generous, you're missing out on a huge portion of your Christian walk. It's a massive lost opportunity. I want that for you. I can't twist your arm. I can't make you to give. We're not going to take another offering. This is why, especially during this um, series, I think it's really important that we take the offering beforehand so you don't feel like, oh, he's twisting my arms or anything like that. And it's like, this is making me feel uncomfortable. But if you are feeling uncomfortable, I would ask you to ask why. Why? And you go, oh, pastors only want your money. Of course you're going to say that. You're the pastor. Listen, beloved, if the issue is me, let's take me out of the equation. Give somewhere else. I don't care. But find a percent that you're going to give unto the Lord. Find that percent and be consistent. Every time you get paid, whatever it is, you make $10, you give $1 away. And if the issue is me, and if you go, oh, but I don't, I don't trust your, beloved, listen, you shouldn't. If you don't trust this church, you should not give here. Please don't give here if you don't trust this church. But do find the church that you do trust. And, and if you give nowhere, you're the problem. And so it's, it's terrible, right? Because it's terrible. Because when we're sitting here, we're going, oh, he's, listen, I understand. I understand. I get it. But I'm telling you, you want to put God first. When we put God first, when we start doing our finances, like the scriptures tell us to, what we find is God's unbelieving, unbelievable help and direction 
with all of our finances. And with that, I want to bring you an example of that. Because you know how Paul just brought up the Macedonians? I want to bring you up a person in this church who was in debt, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, and how God helped them um, with that as he started to apply this principle of tithing. All right? So with that, Bob, would you come up? Yay. Do we have a mic? Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks, Bob. Yep. We're good? Hi, everybody. My name is Bob, and, I, and I've been coming to this church since 2005. I came here by way of 12-step uh, meetings held here. Um, before I got here, I used for, t for 20 years plus, and it put me in a big financial mess. Um, I was actually an atheist before I got here, and when I first introduced myself to Pastor Edwin, I introduced myself as Bob, and I'm the atheist. So... <laughs> Shortly after being here, um, somebody who, who invited me here um, is actually no longer here, but I was invited to go to a retreat with Pastor Raymond up, upstate at Deer Park, and I went there uh, with 60 days clean. At this retreat, somehow Jesus grabbed my heart and I accepted Jesus into my life. Yeah, awesome. Now, due to the wreckage that I caused using, I was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, between two hundred and three hundred thousand dollars and I started, uh, I started volunteering here. I was in the food pantry first, and then I joined the finance ministry. Um, I've always, uh, let's see, um, I, I started getting interested in, in, in what was going on here, and uh, I read some books on finance. I read uh, like Howard Dayton, Free and Clear, and Dave Ramsey, I, I took that, and I started tithing here even though I owed this money. And uh, I started making arrangements to pay back this money. So while I was tithing, I made arrangements with, with banks and people that I owed money. I had this ability while I was out there to, to get money from people. I got money from people, from banks. I owed Citibank a loan, $50,000 on a signature loan. Now, a lot of this debt, I was able to arrange and pay. Uh, my salary was garnished for a couple of years. I was at some, some debt was old and I was able to pay pennies on the dollar. But the thing was I jumped in and I faced the debt head on with everything. So in, in about two and a half years, I was able to pay off this whole debt. Whether I paid Amazing. off dollar for dollar or, or a few cents on the dollar, I was able to pay this debt off. So when I started here, my, my credit score was, I don't know, in the 400s. Today I have a credit score of 800 which is really, really, really right. cool. Um, so I embrace the principles of, of, of tithing. I embrace the principles of, of Jesus Christ and just did what I, what I had to do. So, so that's my story. I just want to let you know, I want to give you hope. If, if there's hope for people that yeah. were in the same situation as me, that, that you could get out of it by, by applying the principles of Jesus Christ. Love that. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Bob. That was brilliant. So did you catch that? I'm in over two, two to three hundred thousand dollars in debt. So did you hear what he said? So I started tithing. Right? It's the exact opposite of what you'll hear anywhere else. Two to three hundred thousand dollars of debt. No, then I, you know, started becoming selfish. And then I, no, no, no. Two to three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Started to tithe. Then God gave him wisdom. Wisdom to call the right people and to negotiate and to talk about and what can we do and be able to pay this down so that he doesn't have to live under the burden of debt. 
Here's my challenge to you. My challenge to you is that you start applying what we're learning here in these last few weeks. Like start writing, you know, the thing, writing what you spend, making a budget, start writing all that stuff down. Actually start doing the work. But what I want you to do is starting at your next pay period, maybe it's this Friday, maybe it's, I want you to practice two months. Two months of tithing. If you've never done it before, practice two months of tithing. And see, see where God leads. See if God doesn't make his 90% go farther than your 100% ever could. See if God doesn't, in a way that's mind-blowing, show you that he could do far more with less than you could do with abundance. I double-dog dare you. And here's the reason why I want you to do it. Because I want you, every time that you're generous, I want you to be reminded, you paid a high price for me. Remember, we do this because Jesus has been generous towards us. So here's what I want you to do. Pick a percent and then start giving according to that. For a lot of you, this is going to be your first time, just choose 10%. Go, okay. Some of you, you make so much, you can go, oh, I can do 20%, 25%. It's no big deal. But I want you to just pick a percent and go with it. And then for the next two months, and now if God leads you, and it's like, oh my gosh, I love being generous. I love doing this. This is wonderful. Then praise God, continue it. But I really want those of you who have never experienced this yet to, to test God. See, see if he's not more generous than you are. See if he's not more wonderful than you ever imagined. And remember, the basis is that Jesus gave his life for us. And therefore, we're generous, both to him and to his people. Premeditated, percentage giving. I encourage you to do that.